Hey, hey, welcome back, team. How you doing out there, you marvelous, magical, miraculous, mesmerizing, and magnificent dust specs? How's it going, you chaotic, colossal, continuous, copious, and candid dust specs? Hope you're going to have a good week, you abstract, abrupt, abrasive, abundant, and absolute dust specs. How's it going, you beautiful dust specs, you? Well, with this episode, I will reach in my book, what I'm calling Episode 10, and in my little journey through the podcast realm, that was my mission. My goal was to set forth pay the money to do the things I got to do to get it to work the way it's got to work. Microphone, logo, iTunes, Squarespace, all that fun stuff. And I wanted to hit episode 10. And that was a milestone for me. So as soon as I hit publish for this one, we'll go with it. And it's going to be it. So I can plan on continuing to at least number 25 and then we'll reassess. Just keep moving those goals on back. But I'm digging this. I'm having a blast with this. The feedback that I get from people is just awesome. I'd love for the feedback to continue. I'd love to know how you're feeling. The reviews on iTunes have been great. It brings joy to my heart to see that this is resonating with a few of you out there. So if you like it, keep reviewing, keep listening, keep letting me know what's up because it's special to me and I hope it's special to you as well. But in the podcast world, they say you should record something that they call episode zero where they you let the listeners know who you are. So I'd like to do that for this episode. This isn't episode zero, but it's episode 10. Then I also want to share with you my true vision for what I'd like this podcast to become one day. So let's start with episode zero. So who am I? My name's Alex. I'm a teacher. I'm a coach. And I'm a thinker. I'm a mover. I'm a feeler. I'm a dynamic person. Uh, I strive to be positive every single day, and I try to leave each day with a few more smiles and frowns out there, even though sometimes I'm not the most positive, and people that know me would say you're not always the most positive. And that's true. That is definitely true. I have a tendency to feel too much. I have a tendency to internalize too many things in the world around me. Like, I can't pay attention to what's happening in the global warming world or the political world for too long because it just starts to bum me out. It starts to stress me out a lot. But that's a positive and a negative. But who, I, what I do and what I am is I'm a, I, above all, like I said, I'm a thinker. I have a brain that rarely ever turns off and it, it makes it hard sometimes to be around me. I get that. Sorry, friends. for Thanks for putting up with me out there. Brain's always going. I try to move constantly. My, my whole life revolves around dynamic motion, trying to suck every moment out of the day to figure out what's a way that I can possibly express this amazing endeavor that is humanity and being a person and live dynamically, live healthy, live happy, and affect the people around me for a positive, for a, some kind of positivity. I don't really know what else to say about that. So that's really what I am. I'm a registered yoga instructor. Well, actually, I guess first off and foremost, I'm a teacher. That's what I do above all, above anything. You know, I'm a high school science teacher. I teach biology and astronomy. Obviously, I'm running a podcast here. Some of my students listen to this, which is great. That's one of the things I'd like to do is my goal is to get science to the masses and show the wonders and the awesomeness that is this amazing endeavor that the humans have partaken in that we call science. We just give it a label through the scientific method. But teaching's what I do. I, I love it. I relish it. I look forward to it every day. It, it sucks all the life out of me some days and makes me want to put my head in my hands and cry my teacher tears. It sometimes also makes me want to scream to the sky and just say how amazing this is but in the end I get to wake up every day I get to talk about a subject that I adore and I get to hang out with cool kids and try and get them excited about something in their lives and I guess more about me you know why did I become a teacher and I can honestly say that one of the reasons I became a teacher was because I wanted to be better than my bad teachers I would sit in school and I always loved the 
concepts. Love the conceptual concepts of everything. I hated the content. I hated the memorizing. I hated the having to read X amount of pages in X amount of days. But I loved the discussions on the book when I read them. I was really good at BSing my way through that stuff. And I loved the conceptual parts of science. I struggled in math. Worst decision I ever made. Kids, if you're listening to this, stop being bad at math. Put your pencil down. Put your pencil. Pick your pencil up. Put your head down to the book and make it happen. Learn what you can do with math because it's amazing and it's just grit. It just takes time and energy to put forth. You're not bad at it. You weren't born without the ability to do math. It was a choice for me and it was the worst decision I ever made to be bad at math. But I'm digressing a little bit there. But as you can see, I care. Kids, you're wonderful. Keep it up. Keep being you. I'll keep teaching you. And I'm also a registered yoga instructor. It's a big part of my life right now. I teach yoga. I try to design and implement something I call Yobility, where I try and blend yo yo uh, yoga with mobility work, like myofascial release, lacrosse balls, foam rollers, so on and so forth. Big fan of a guy named Kelly Starrett. If you guys haven't followed him, mobilitywad.org. Guy's a genius. All of these things that we can do with that really just helps you be a more dynamic person. The more you're healthy, the more you're happy, the more you're fit the better off you're going to be. I've also spent a long time, about the last four years of my life being a registered CrossFit instructor, so I'm also a personal trainer as well. Uh, I've been a college golfer. I play, got a scholarship to play golf. Golf's my favorite game. I was a almost sponsored kind of not really a big deal, but I skied pretty hard. I was a pretty high-level skier for a while, and that's my favorite thing to do. If I had one week left to live, one day left to live, I'd say I love you to my family, and I would go skiing. That would be something that I, I just relish in. Sad thing is I live in Illinois, and I don't live in out west like I've always wanted to. But, you know, whatevs. But all these things that I do, what I'm doing out there is I'm just trying to get people stoked on something. I'm trying to teach something to somebody else because when I was a young kid, I squandered a lot of my gifts. I look back now and I realize that a lot of my gifts I let fall by the wayside just out of laziness and boredom, this dirty word that I call boredom. And that was silly of me. I was pigeonholed. I was clicky. I, I cared about I like this music and the rest was stupid. Guys, the world is exploding with things to be into, exploding with new things to learn, new things to do. And that's what I learned later on in life. And it's been to a positive and a negative with me. It's allowed me to be good and for it's been good and for bad. I'm somebody who I pick something up and I can't just do it. Like, example, a yoga instructor or a CrossFit instructor. I did a CrossFit for about a year and then not even. And then before that, I'm like, I'm a coach. I, I dabble in yoga. I'm a coach. You know, I just everything I do, I just want to go into it. A lot of it comes into being able to just I want to learn more about it and want to be better at it. But that's just kind of the way that I am. And I pick something up like I'm, I don't just play ping pong. I play ping pong. I don't just bowl. I bowl over 200 games. Like whatever. It sounds like I'm bragging. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not meaning to brag. But just when I do something that I enjoy, I want to peel back the layers of it. And I want to go deeper and deeper into it. And one of the things I've dove, dove the deepest into in my life is science and knowledge and wonder and learning. That's what gets me the most stoked on anything that I can be. So since this is a science podcast, I kind of want to move into what I want this thing to be. But before you know that, you know, that's this is who I am. I want the world to be happy. I want it to be healthy. I want it to be stoked. I want the youth to look back and, and look back and have a fear of messing up the gifts again. I don't want to do that. I don't want to look back. I don't want to squander my gifts of today. I'm both confident and I'm terrified. A lot of people think that I'm not. I have friends who tell me that I you don't seem scared. Guys, I'm scared to death of what's going on. I'm terrified of this microphone being in front of me right now. So like it, like it sounds like I'm both calm and stressed. At times I'm focused. I also have ADHD. But I guess not above all, but a big mission of this is one of the other things I want to do as a teacher and a scientist 
is I want to show people that you can be a nerd jock. And this isn't insulting anyone. It's not insulting jocks. It's not insulting nerds. But our society puts on these big faces of science. And I think Urkel did this way back in the day. I grew up with my dad, who was a science nerd and a jock and an awesome, awesome, amazing father. And he used to just get flabbergastedly upset every time that the science kid had had glasses on. Every time there was the nerdy sidekick or the nerdy whoever, they always had glasses and a lab coat. And that drove him nuts. And he used to be annoying. I'd be like, oh, my God, Dad, like, again, we get at the glasses. But it makes sense guys you can be whatever you want to be you can be whoever it is and whatever you are and that's that's what you want to do for me i have dedicated my life to the study of science i can also play any sport you put in front of me and i can do it well and i can do it with fun passion and enthusiasm i can read i can write i can do i can sing i can dance i can do i can't do any of these i'm just totally blowing blowing smoke here but what i'm trying to get at here is just do as much as you can and be whatever you can be both a nerd and a jock and whatever that is that you want to be a nerd you want to be a jock you want to be a nerd jock wear it with passion staple it on your forehead and stand up tall to the world and show the world what you are because you can be both you can be both and you can do both and you can suck as much a lot of this life as humanly possible you don't have to be pigeonholed and that's where we're going with this you know i want you guys to know that and i want this podcast to show you what's up so we're reaching the 10-minute mark of this, and I want this to get too long. So I'm going to go into the second half of the episode. So what I want this to be more so – not more so than anything. You, you know what I – if you've been listening, you know what I want it to be. I want to show you that science pumps you up. And if you've listened to my episodes and you've gone through the catalog here so far of about nine and a half episodes, I am hope you're seeing that every single thing about you is just epic. Every single thing in your life, in your body, in your mind, in your universe should make you just feel stoked without anything else being in there. It should just allow you to sit in this chair and just feel the awesomeness that's in you, that you are this coagulated ball of matter of 37.2 trillion cells energized by starlight and these stars have been here for billions and billions of years seeding the universe with chemistry all backpedaling back to an infinite tiny decimal point that we call a singularity you are amazing you are wonderful and you are awesome and that's what i want to get through to everybody that's what i want to see i want people to maybe possibly have a moment by listening to this podcast that gets you to think to feel to be stoked on something scientific or just just thinking in general it doesn't even have to be scientific so and it kind of dives into also what I am. I, I am a science fanatic, and I can, I can play back in my life to multiple times. I can think of two times as a student. People always ask me, why did I, when and how and why did I get so stoked on science? First off, I remember being a tiny kid. My, my students have heard the story many times. I was at Antioch upper grade school, or lower grades. I must have been a tiny, tiny dude, first or second or even kindergarten. And a guy came in, he started talking about digestion. And I remember this. I don't remember much. I just remember having this conversation or feeling this at least. I've In my mind, I was talking to the guy. And he brought up that you have hydrochloric acid in your stomach. And I had seen Alien with my dad, and I knew what acid was. My dad's a chem teacher. And I was like, whoa, what? Like, acid in your stomach? Like, are you kidding me? So I raised my little kid hand. I'm like, what do you mean, like, acid? Like, like the stuff in Alien? And he's like, yeah, the stuff in Alien. If hydrochloric acid was concentrated and pulled out of your stomach, it could eat through the desk. Until this day, I don't know if that's totally true. But I was just like, no way. Like, why doesn't it eat through me? And he's like, well, you have this mucous membrane that's kind of like snot that comes out of your nose that houses your stomach and allows for the you know the acid to not burn through your stomach in case you're wondering that's what an ulcer is but i was just like whoa and that got me pumped that got me stoked thinking and feeling through the world that there's this rhythm in your body that for every pro there's a con and then that con is balanced out by a pro the homeostasis of all things the excuse me the circle the cycle i'll get back to that 
I also remember, and again, these are just scattered memories. I remember one time when I was sitting in the back right-hand corner of my genetics class. I put off genetics like the last possible time in my career at Western to get my bachelor's degree in bio. And I don't remember what we were talking about. It was a cool class, great teacher. He was kind of a hippie. He was an awesome dude. I want to say his name was Dr. It was either Metzger or Meager. There were two of them. I always get the two dudes confused. Both great guys. They were really fun teachers. And I was sitting back there, and somehow in my in my mind, it, it, it dawned on me. I'm looking down at my notebook, and I still have the genetics notebook. I kept it for a reason. I wonder if I could look back and find the day that this went down. And I remember sitting there thinking, holy crap, every single thing that I have learned in my entire journey through science is not connected. It's not biology. It's not chemistry. It's not physics. It's just life. Life is all of it. The science is just science. It's just all blended together. The chemistry and the physics are expressed through the world of biology, and biology is governed by those processes. I was just like, oh my god, are you kidding me? And re earlier that summer, I was blown away by my first soiree into physics because I was so afraid of math that the walking, talking, thinking, feeling world can be depicted and described and obtained and studied through basic equations that humans have the audacity and the knowledge and the awesomeness to figure out that they can study the world in numerical equations and then tie them all together to get the, these amazing things called the universal laws and theories. Oh, but I totally remember that. That was amazing. And then it fast forwarded to when I was a teacher. And there were many times as a teacher, this happens every single year that I just get pumped up and stoked and in awe of knowledge. And a lot of times it's spawned by the kids. So I don't know if a lot of people know this. I have a bachelor's degree in biology. I came into my, my high school and they said, you're going to teach astronomy. I was like, okay, here we go. I didn't like astronomy in college. I didn't know a whole ton about it. I'm like, all right, we got to study. So anyways, I'm studying, I'm studying, I'm studying, I'm doing some really boring stuff. It was not very good the first two years. If you guys are out there and you're listening to this, my first class was still one of my favorites. Those dudes and those dudettes were so much fun. That was such a fun year of teaching. But my class was not good. I wish they'd be a part of my curriculum now. But anyways, so I'm, I'm reading through this and I'm going through stellar evolution. And it dawns on me and I'm looking through and it's talking about all these chemicals and these elements being formed up. And I forgot that when I was a kid in high school science, chemistry, I hated it. But I was stoked on the periodic table and I always wondered where do the elements come from and all of a sudden this textbook just slaps me in the face and I'm like are you no no way and I go running to the chemistry lab I go run into Miss Burton's room and I'm like oh my god Miss Burton like do do the elements come from stars do all of the elements come from the stars and she's like uh yeah yeah they do and I'm like wait so all the elements everything around us comes from stars and you know and it came up to like carbon nitrogen oxygen and the perfect blend of humans versus us I'll get back to that at some other time but then I was like, well, where did the rest of them come from? And she's like, well, the ones that aren't generated in the core get smushed and collapsed and fused together during the amazing supernovas. So I was like, oh, my God, the periodic table comes from stardust? No way. Are you kidding me? Then fast forward a couple years later, there was this picture floating around in all the books of the Hubble Ultra Deep Field image. And this is a major turning point in my life, to be honest with you. This is my cornerstone of thinking and feeling, my, my big my – big, uh, my big talk that I still want to put up on, on YouTube one day and what I'd love to bring to the masses one day on a visual standpoint is this concept of how this Hubble ultra deep field image makes you think. So a kid sent me this meme. He sent me this thing and it talked about what the image depicted. And prior to that, I had seen it and look it up, the Hubble ultra deep field image. It looks like a bunch of fuzzy disks. And in my mind, I thought it was stars. I was like, all right, another picture of stars. Cool. Like astronomy. Yeah, great stars. Uh-uh. 
these stars turn out to be galaxies. And I don't want to go into it because I want it to be an entire other episode, but this epiphany that every single solitary dot on that thing was a galaxy made up of billions and billions of stars, and then it explained how much of the sky was depicted in that. Like, at first I thought it was the whole sky and the whole survey of all the galaxies out there, and I was like, dang, that's crazy. And then I find out what the image was, and I was like, no, you it cannot be this great. It cannot be this epic and awesome. And I was just like, I was floored. And I, I honestly, I'm sorry, I didn't, I don't think I taught the kids for 30 minutes. I think I just sat there in awe of all things wonder and epicness. It was crazy. And then a, a kid sends me again another a few years later. He sends me this diagram, this little pie chart from NASA that talks about the depiction of, or like, the percentages of stuff that's out there. Anyways, guys, I don't know if you know this. You take all the stars, all the galaxies, all the dust, all the U's that are out there, it's only 4% of the entire galactic evolution of the universe. Out of all the stuff that makes up what we classify as the universe, 4% is matter, actually has mass. 3.6% is dust and gas and debris. That leaves 0.4% for stars, planets, moons, and then in this in this little thing it says etc. <laughs> You're the etc. And that just blew my mind. That pumped me up beyond belief, right? And then I just kept going and going. And the more I'd study this and the more I learn about it, the more I think about it, just that you get to be this thing standing out there in space of that point for a little an infinitesimal fraction of that point four percent. And it got me pumped up. So those are the moments in science that I want to talk about. Those are my most astounding facts to some regard. Not quite there yet. That's what I want to do. So in the last few minutes here, I'm going to keep this totally under 30 minutes here. I knew this would be a little ranty because this is a very passionate thing that I love talking about. I want to take this podcast and I want to piggyback on one of my favorite YouTube channels, YouTube videos. There's a video where Neil deGrasse was interviewed by Time Magazine. The interviewer asked him, what is your most astounding fact? And remember, this dude was recruited by, by, by colleges. He's one of the smartest people out there that you can imagine in these fields. And we all know him. We all love NDT. He's one of the best science communicators of all time. One of my dreams one day would be able to ask him this question in person or sit down and, ha and have a conversation about my thoughts on this question. So that's what I want to do. I want to go out there and I want to talk to the world about what is your most astounding fact. Look his up on the internet and it talks about what I talked about. It talked about nucleosynthesis and the production of atoms in the crucibles of stars and scattering their enriched guts. It's awesome. It's been viewed millions of times. You really got to check it out. I'll see if I can link it to, the, to my webpage here. And that's what I want to do. I want to share that with the world. I want to go out to the world, and I want to just sit down with anyone who will answer it, and I want to ask you that question. What is the most astounding thing you have ever learned? And I want to geek out on that. I want to geek out on the moments that got you pumped. I, I want it to be focused on science, but it doesn't have to be. And that would go twofold. A, what a conversation. What we could learn from each other by just sitting down and diving into the layers of what you think to be the most astounding thing you've ever learned, right? It'd be epic. It'd be amazing times, times 10. And then as a science teacher, I would love to ask that question to graduating seniors straight out of high school science. I would love it. Love it. Even graduating college kids. But I'm always afraid to interview students. But that would just be an amazing thing. And as a science educator, as an educator, teachers of the world, we have to know that these kids are our audience. We have to know that we are a performer. We are a performing art, and we need to give the kids what's going to get them stoked. Many people don't agree with me, but you got to get a kid pumped on science before you can get that kid to love science. 
and I want to know what are their most astounding facts? What are the things that have gotten them pumped and stoked and in awe of all things everything? There's got to be one. There's got to be at least a little, uh, a little something in there that got these kids pumped up. I can pick for you two as a student and three as a teacher that have done this to me. So that's what I want to know. And you may be thinking now, hey, I'd like to answer that question. Heck yes, you'd like to answer that question. Find a way to contact me. Facebook.com forward slash beautiful dust specs. Contact me on Facebook. Um, Twitter is at the underscore science bro. Contact me there. Instagram, beautiful dust specs. Uh, my webpage is a little different because I think I screwed up the launch of this, but it's yobility.org forward slash podcast. I think if you just go to yobility.org, it's the only page. It's the blog. And leave a comment or, or comment in me there. Email is a h o f e l d t 64 at gmail.com. That's ahofelt64 at gmail. You gotta, if you want to know it, you got to go back and find it and write it down. I'll, I'll try and link it, but I'm not the most savvy at the internet right now. Please find a way to contact me and let me know. Let me know what that is. I'll put you on the show. We'll Skype it. We'll put your image in there. I'll at least read it off you. You know, it's something imp important. I asked this question to 50 of my students, and I got amazing responses that I love to share one day. But you should see their brains trying to perplex and come up with this question. It's awesome. So you may be wondering, what is my answer to this? And it's a very difficult answer, but I'll try and keep it within five minutes here. I am fascinated, blown away times tenfold when I learn my most astounding fact is that nature works in circles. These circles and cycles of nature are continuously growing. Every time you learn something, it cycles back on itself over and over and over and again. That's like the universe is this perpetual engine that is shooting outwards in all directions from the Big Bang, but that's not even get that big. So these stars, these stars are born inside these nebulae, these huge clouds of, of a copious amount of a wide ranging amount, primarily hydrogen, and a stellar death before a shockwave from a star that has died will slam through that nebulae, colliding it and creating this random chaotic collisions, these kind of colliding, uh, coagulating things that is the wonder of gravity, and it will start to spin and compress and condense, and it'll pull together all these things. So star death will lead to new star life. And that's the amazing cycle. A star will rip through its hydrogen and its helium over and over and over. And it'll take many, many years to do this. And in the process, it will create the atomic elements that are you and me right now. That star will die. And it won't hold on to it. It'll fling that matter out into space, willy-nilly, figuring out possibly. Just maybe it'll form up a gas cloud. that will form up a star that'll have tiny little planets on it that will have these little people. Or they're not even people. I'm sorry. I shouldn't call them people. Just life, maybe. Or just the debris. Guys, Everything in the cosmos is all made of the same thing, and it goes through these cycles. So the huge stars out there, the twinkly little lights, have a death and this are birth, and the second they're birthed, they're on their way closer to death. They are going through the thralls of death, but they will now seed and throw their energy out into the universe. Can't create or destroy matter. It just gets replenished and recycled, and that's ecology. That's the most wondrous thing about bi biology. I love teaching and studying this more so than anything. It's a sin that people still don't focus this almost entirely into their biology curriculum. And the cycles of nature, the circle. I listened to Elton John's song just to pump me up for this episode. It's really what it is. We start to learn very quickly as you study science that everything goes in nature, nat natural cycles. The atoms that are in me have been here for 4.5 billion years on this planet going through. The energy that I am has been here for 13.7 billion, you know, moving through the cosmic 
fabric getting somehow to coagulate into the Orion Nebula. Where inside the Orion Nebula, this tiny little cloud of gas compressed to form up the sun and the planets. And now as I go, I'm going to go through this life and I'm going to move and I'm going to adapt. And I have these cyclic processes, these symbiotic relationships with the bacteria in and on me. The symbiotic relationships with the animals and the plants and the fungus and the protists. Each one of these things playing a vital role in the survival of the ecology of this tiny little sphere that is Earth. This little Gaia hypothesis, this little organism of a planet that walk, talks, thinks, and feels together. And one day I'm going to go through and I'm going to interact with the people. I'm going to be able to throw my consciousness out into the ether with my brain and my voice and I will share it with you and you will share it with me and we will grow together but sooner or later the biological engine that is me the entropy will get too high it will get too disorganized and I will die I will somehow, somehow one day cease to exist in time and space but the cyclic process of nature will continue and it will make you feel so connected with science when you under, with, the, with the world if you understand this the atoms that are me I don't want to die I want to live oh my god I love life I'm pumped on life every single day every single day but you can go and you your energies and your atoms and your things will be replenished and recycled over and over and over again you are coagulated star debris your coagulated star debris that formed up some of it into these tiny little planets these elements and these elements have been life before and will continue to be life after until our sun dies and becomes a red supergiant and it'll expand out past us and it will cook us and it will vaporize everything turn the entire walking talking world into gas but that gas will replenish and recycle and go out towards something new and wonderful that we don't know yet and that's my most astounding fact i have hundreds of them that i could teach you every episode is a most astounding fact in my brain but it's all cycles it's circles upon circles that every single thing that you 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 walk talk think and breathe everything that you can throw into your brain and study scientifically will show you that it's a cycle upon cycle and you are enjoying your little tiny blip of time this tiny little cycle that you get to call me and you and us and this tiny little thing that we get to call life so as you go out there, you got to live through and be a part of the cycles, live for the cycles, be nice to the cycles, take care of this planet and take care of the planet and the universe that is you because one day it will just be seeded back into the ground and it will become new things, but it won't be the thing that you call you. So why are you getting to be the thing that we call life and a person and a moment? Suck it up, enjoy it, love it, relish it, and be what you are. You are a wondrous little circle and a wonderful, amazing teeny tiny little thing that is a beautiful dust speck so go forth this week and enjoy every single moment to the fullest of your ability have a great week everybody